0: you know what that means when you hear that music it means it's time for another episode of the last word hey everybody Laz coming at you with episode 12 this week so where to begin well last week i was talking about the indoctrination of our children in the public school system and throughout the school system in general um i've been saying that for years and in fact it's really not just happening in the public school system the liberal mindset the liberal agenda And the sheer liberal craziness has really made its way into the private sector as well. To that point, locally, a private Catholic school is having a little bit of their own controversy here near me. Locally, a private Catholic school teacher has been seen on social media smiling and flipping off a Trump-Pence bumper sticker that was on the back of someone else's vehicle. Many are saying that the school has refused to take action stating that the teacher who has been identified as Mrs. Stallworth was well within her rights to post the picture. So they have started a petition on change.org, and of course that's been created in an effort to basically pressure the school to take some action. And they they want her fired, really, is what they're looking at here. Uh, Here's the petition. I looked it up, and this is how it reads. After speaking with many alumni and students alike, we do not believe John Carroll is taking proper procedures following the Facebook post, Of a new teacher. A teacher represents the school. The John Carroll administration has made a point of being careful on social media because we represent the school. If nothing is done, people will base their opinions on John Carroll on that post. Many students and alumni are tired of John Carroll's apparent bias. Time and time again, John Carroll has appealed to one side of the political spectrum and has done absolutely nothing to appeal to the other. Many students believe if a picture of a teacher giving a left wing politician or movement the middle finger, they would be fired immediately, and John Carroll would immediately release a statement regarding the incident. John Carroll has also made a consistent point that we should be careful on social media and cautious about what we post on social media. John Carroll has given kids severe punishments based on their social media posts and private messages. If John Carroll is really about equality and fairness, the administration will take action. We, the people, demand action immediately. Well, well, well. Now, in response to this, the school, I've been told, has released a statement saying that they are taking appropriate action, though I haven't been able to find any information anywhere about what further action they'll be taking or what appropriate action they'll be taking. So here's the deal. Does the teacher have the right to express her own feelings and opinions publicly on her own time on her own Facebook page? Yeah, she does. Now, I find it vile and inconsistent with the conduct we should expect from an institution like John Carroll, or any school for that matter, um, and and anyone that's associated with uh, an institution like John Carroll or another school, but that said, in my opinion, when we start to uh, call for people to be fired because we don't agree with them, we're going down a slippery slope. There is such a thing as free speech, however... It's also my opinion that the more pressing and important issue here is not so much what she's doing outside of school, not what she's really saying outside of school, um, but it's I'm more concerned about her actions and comments and tactics within the classroom. Now, I can't speak to what those actions may or may not have been for Mrs. Stallworth, but I can tell you this, looking back over my school years, and even that of my son, I found that teachers do tend to allow their personal feelings and beliefs to bleed into their daily activities and lives at school. It's, it's almost impossible that it doesn't. We're human. Unfortunately, though, the overwhelming majority of teachers and administrators within our school systems, especially public schools, are liberal. The teachers' unions aren't any help because often the unions are more radical than the teachers themselves, and I've talked about that in the past as well. So I know what you're saying. You're out there going, yeah, but you can't make blanket statements like that, Laz. You got to have some proof. Well, I do. And here it is. In April of 2019, Pacific Research Institute released an article. And here's a little bit of it. The wave of teacher strikes across the country with their focus on killing education reforms, such as charter schools, have focused attention on the ideology of teachers. Many Americans are now asking, why are teachers so liberal? Tom Rademacher, a Minnesota Teacher of the Year, who writes for the Education Post, says that teachers are mostly liberals, and the evidence backs him up. The Washington Post reported on research conducted by Verdant Labs using political contribution data on the Democrat-Republican divide based on job type. While it's unsurprising that among actors and actresses there are 90 Democrats for every 10 Republicans, many would be amazed to discover that teachers are actually as liberal or even more so than those in acting. Among English teachers, there are 97 Democrats for every three Republicans, with the proportion being even more one-sided among health teachers, with 99 Democrats for every one Republican. While there are slightly more Republicans among math and science teachers, among high school teachers overall, there are 87 Democrats for every 13 Republicans. Well, shit! I know, right? So look, it's clear liberals and Democrats have dominated the education industry and they have done so for quite some time. This article is over a year old. I've been saying this for over 10 years and it's true. You can go back and look at research from over 10 years ago and see that the amount of registered Democrats and liberals self-proclaimed liberals within the school system is significantly higher than Republicans. Now, one of the changes that has happened over the last decade is more and more of them are reporting to be, quote-unquote, moderate. However, they are still registered Democrats. They can call themselves moderate all they want, but this party of the Democrats, especially over the last decade, has been the most liberal and the most radical that we have seen, at least in my lifetime. And last Nation, you know that to be true. That's right. Maybe there's an argument to be had there, and that's fine, to each their own, but at the end of the day, these teachers, they spend more time with our kids on a weekly basis than we do, at least during the school year, for sure, right? Now, with COVID, it might be the exception because so many kids are at home with their parents, and, you know, they're, they're doing the online or distance learning thing, but it's not unlikely or even irrational to think that they can start to influence the minds of our children, is it? I don't think so. I don't think so either. You know, there are things that we can do to combat it. And I'm not saying that I did it perfectly. But one of the things that I did do is have conversations with my son about what was going on in the world, what was going on in the news, what was going on in the school, what were people saying, what were some of the teachers saying. And I just implored him to use common sense. What makes sense? What really is happening here? What's being said between the lines? Think for yourself. And at the end of the day, he typically came to the conclusion that, yeah, the liberal mindset didn't make sense. And some of the things that they were doing and some of the things that they wanted to enact didn't make sense. But the important part is that he came to this decision on his own and the understanding that the principles and policies of the left very often may start with the greatest of intentions. But in reality and in practical application, just don't work because we're not living in la la land. We don't live in a utopian society. We live in the real world with real consequences and real people. So you know what? I applaud the effort of these alumni and parents um, that are that have created this petition. Uh, against Mrs. Stallworth. Now that said, I'm not saying that she should be fired. What I am saying is if this is her first offense, then listen, the administration needs to have a conversation with her. And if the administration thinks that this is something that it does not represent their school well, they need to explain that to her and say, don't do it again. And if she does, then fine. At that point, then part ways. And at the end of the day, the administration needs to make sure that they're being consistent and equitable in their treatment as far as disciplinary action is concerned, regardless of whether it's for students or faculty or staff, and regardless of whether the person uh, in question is Republican or Democrat or leans left or leans right or what have you. And the petition alleges that that's not what's happening. Now, I also think that the administration at John Carroll needs to make sure that she's holding true to curriculum and not her own curriculum, because if that's happening, that's a problem, and that's not what those parents are paying uh, tuition for. They're paying for an education, not a Stallworth education. They're paying for the John Carroll education. So that's my opinion. But at the end of the day, what can we as parents do to combat that type of behavior in the classroom? If it really is happening, and again, I'm not saying it's happening in Mrs. Stallworth's classroom, but I am saying that I know for a fact it has happened in classrooms. I've seen it with my own eyes, heard it with my own ears. So that said, if it is happening in classrooms across the country, what as parents can we do? And the answer is we can do what we're supposed to do. We can start having conversations with our kids right? And start helping them to understand that just because someone else feels that way doesn't mean that they have to. And here's the key here, parents. You know, just because you feel one way doesn't necessarily mean that your kids are going to feel that way as well. Let them develop their own opinions about things, but have conversations if they differ, because it's important for both of you to understand where the other's coming from. And it's important to help them you know, start to develop their own thoughts and uh, ideas about society and about, you know, political beliefs and, you know, that kind of stuff. All we can do is try and guide them as parents, and then they're on their own. They have to make their own decisions. But we should be sure that it's not someone implanting these ideas in their head. So if we don't want the teachers to do it, we don't want the schools to do it, then, you know, if we're being equitable here, because I don't like using the word fair because, well, life isn't. So in an effort to be equitable, then what we need to understand is that we shouldn't be implanting ideas in their head either. But I do think it's important to have conversation. That's what I'm saying. Yes. And uh, If you're not doing it, I recommend that you start doing it because if you're not, I can promise you Somebody's doing it. It's either little Johnny on the playground or Susie or Johnny or Susie's parents at the baseball games or whatever, and or of course the teachers and/or administration and the stuff that they have are fed in their curriculum typically. So um, fair warning, take it for what it's worth. Uh, moving on. So we've all heard the story about Bob Woodward's book and the tapes that he has of President Trump. So an interesting article came out in The Political Insider that I thought I'd I'd share a little bit with you. Uh, This article came out September the 10th, so it's just a, a few days old, really. And so it says, while the media rewrites history because of the Bob Woodward tapes, claiming President Trump knew and did nothing to protect Americans from the COVID pandemic, their own words and those of their favorite political party have betrayed them. In reality, it was the media and the top Democrat politicians like Joe Biden who downplayed the pandemic, even attacking President Trump for taking the virus seriously. The president's role as a leader requires him to make public statements that quell panic and project calm and confidence. It's a relatively understood tactic for America's leader. That said, Trump stands accused of telling Woodward on February 7th that the COVID pandemic was, quote, more deadly than your, you know, your even your strenuous flus, while telling him a month later that he, quote, wanted to always play it down because I don't want to create a panic, end quote. Most people understood why the president would make such comments, but the media and the Democratic Party aren't most people. They've seized on the opportunity to accuse Trump of downplaying the crisis and doing nothing to stop it. I could not agree more with this article uh, from the Political Insider. This is a fantastic article Well, written by Rusty Weiss. um, And I will tell you that it is dead on accurate. This is exactly what's happening. And by the way, let us not forget that it was Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer who went walking through um, Chinatown in New York saying, Oh, come on down. This is no big deal. Right. And then all of a sudden there was a big shift. As per usual, the libs have a convenient memory. Well, isn't that convenient? So look, did he play it down um, and have a private conversation that differed from that? I'm sure he probably did. As any leader knows, if there is something that could potentially cause a panic like this article points out, many presidents have done that. And the fact of the matter is that, once again, this is the media and the left basically saying to the American public, hey, we're going to feed you this narrative because we think you're too stupid to figure out the truth. And you know what? Republicans didn't fall for it. But the left and their sheep did. I'm not stupid. I'm smart. Well, the left doesn't think so. Look, at the end of the day, this is standard operating procedure. And they know it. All of D.C. knows it. Right, left, moderates. Everybody knows it. The lying lamestream media knows it. And let me tell you something else. In the day of the 24-hour news cycle, they have to have something to talk about. So you know what? Everything gets turned up a notch. And this is a non-story. It is a non-story. All they are doing is looking for anything to distract you from what's really going on, which can be summed up in just a few bullet points or a few highlights. All right. The first is that they they, the left and the lying lame stream media, they are trying to normalize and desensitize you to pedophilia. And if you don't believe me, all you have to do is look at the law that was just signed by the governor of California last week. The current law basically gives judges the ability to decide whether a man should be placed on the sex uh, offender's registry in California if he had quote-unquote voluntary intercourse with someone that was between the ages of 14 and 17 years old and was no more than 10 years older than the person, but it only applied to a man who had vaginal intercourse, basically. The, the new law that was just signed gives judges the ability to use that same uh, discretion when the case involves oral or anal sex, quote-unquote voluntary. Additionally, it's being touted as a win for the LGBTQ community by Senator Scott Weiner, who introduced the bill. The law levels the playing field, quote, by treating LGBTQ young people the exact same way the straight young people have been treated since 1944. Weiner went on to say, quote, today California took yet another step towards an equitable society, end quote. Here's the deal it doesn't apply to minors under 14. Uh, when the age gap is is um, more than or, or larger than 10 years. But the bottom line is this. Minors are minors, okay? If the offender's an adult and the victim is a minor, the age difference is irrelevant, there's a crime that's been committed, and it's immoral. So yeah, the law's supposedly protecting 14-year-olds, but you know what? It applies to 15-year-olds, it applies to 16-year-olds, and you're telling me, California, that it's now okay for the judges to use discretion if someone is 24 years old and has sex either anally, orally, or vaginally with someone who is age 15? Are you effing kidding me? That's disgusting. And they should absolutely be listed as a sex offender. This is the kind of crap that the left is trying to to normalize the second thing they're trying to do by the way on their little agenda is they're trying to redirect your attention so that you're not focused on the fact that biden really isn't out there campaigning on anything he's hiding and he doesn't really want to debate trump primarily because he can't, it's just not physically or mentally capable, at least in my opinion. Not to mention them trying to steal the election because they want mail-in votes, and they're touting all of this research and experts saying that there's not a problem with mail-in votes when, in fact, we've seen instance after instance of fraud happening already and votes being lost or mailed elsewhere. And the post office is already experiencing problems and delays in mail, so you know what's going to happen during the election. Come on. And they're also trying to redirect your attention away from Antifa and BLM and the radical nutbags that they are and the destruction and the violence that they're causing in this country. Just last week, we had police officers that were walked up on while they were sitting in their car, and it was an attempted assassination. And then BLM activists stood in the streets to block traffic so the emergency uh, personnel couldn't get to them, and they chanted let them die. To add insult to injury, there's video of a man basically mocking the entire attempted assassination of these officers, saying these officers just got aired out and laughing into the camera. Last Nation, that is the mindset of the left and these radicals that we are dealing with. Be prepared to know they are trying to misdirect your attention and redirect your attention and flat out lie to you. But do not be fooled. You know what you tell them? Get that crap out of here. Bingo. All right, let's end on the continued hypocrisy of the left and our vice presidential candidate on the Democratic ticket, which, of course, is Kamala Harris. Well, let me tell you about Kamala's hypocrisy. It only continues to grow. And to be more and more transparent, she was recently seen in Miami being protected by dozens of police officers, as well as Secret Service. And guess what they were carrying? The very weapon that she has vowed to ban. Last Nation, if that is not hypocrisy, I don't know what is. We are dealing with a threat on multiple fronts. I've talked about the threat to our kids within education, the threat of not being involved in talking to our kids and encouraging and empowering them to think and not just accept what they are being told, the threat of being misled by the media when they attempt to erase and rewrite history and flat-out lie to us, all while attempting to misdirect our attention. Why? Because they think the American public is stupid. I've talked about the threat of the 24-hour news cycle and the lying lamestream media's self-created need to turn things up a notch when reporting and twisting the facts or being intellectually dishonest for nothing more than ratings. Then there's the threat that's directly against our children, while the left attempts to normalize pedophilia, disguising it as some sort of twisted equality. And of course, The threat of Antifa and BLM and their radical Marxist principles and the physical destruction of our cities, not to mention the attacks on our citizens, including our heroes in blue. And finally, there's the threat of hypocrisy. Yes, it's a threat. Why, you might ask? Because for years, the left has operated on the premise that they are governed by a different set of rules. So what's the threat? The threat is that the American public's gradual acceptance of their hypocrisy is becoming the norm and that simply cannot be any longer you know if you've been in sales or management or you've done any type of professional training you've probably heard the old adage there's only one way to eat an elephant one bite at a time last nation that elephant is us the american public a slow and gradual attack on our freedoms, our intelligence, our way of life, our American values, that's their way of eating the elephant. So what can we do to stop it? We can challenge the narrative and call out the left on their BS and educate ourselves on the facts, stand firm against the punks and the radical nutjobs of Antifa and the Black Lives Matter movement radicals and the like, and be not the elephant that lays there and allows everyone to take a bite, because little by little, that elephant dies. But we can be the elephant that stands up and says, enough is enough. Your free lunch is over. And that's the last word. Boy, that was a mouthful. That's going to wrap us up this week, Last Nation. Thank you so much for coming back and spending some time with me. I appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe. Check us out on the web at thelazword.com and, of course, on Twitter at thelastwordpod, Facebook and Instagram at thelastword. Or you can always send the show an email for either myself or Billy at thelazword at gmail.com. As always, I know your time is valuable. And I appreciate you spending a little bit of it with me. Take care, everybody. God bless. And we'll be talking to you soon.